The civil rights movement of Sodi Mueng, United South Africa movement, is gaining support across the world. And one of the speakers at the upcoming People's Summit for a People's Charter will be a former South African, Carmel Foster. Welcome, Carmel. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like I'm at home. Thank you so much. <laughs> Maybe you will be soon. So tell me, how did you become involved in collective action? You know, it was something I never thought that I would be involved in, honestly. For goodness, I'm in the superpowers of the world, America. It was actually a situation that forced me there. I came to America in 2003 on what's known as a fiancé visa. That means you get married in 90 days. You would have known each other for a while. So you come to America, you have 90 days to get married. So what it means, pretty much the honeymoon's over. You get married or you go back. <laughs> of course, I landed in San Francisco. 12 years later, I went through a lot of challenges, both of us. 12 years later, we decided we just didn't want to grow old together. And so we embarked on our divorce. Even though we agreed, it wasn't as easy. And so just an FYI for those that want to divorce anybody in South Africa, it's not that easy. You know who I'm talking about. But anyway. <laughs> but when I became divorced, I became homeless. And I told myself, this is nuts. This is not what I came to America for. And I decided to go clean toilets. And from there, I became a domestic worker. It wasn't long that I realized that, oh my God, dirty jobs do pay clean money. Remember, I was an executive assistant in South Africa. Yeah, I found myself out of the corporate industry and I had to actually make drastic changes. So as time went on, working in different homes, working on apps, the gig economy to get jobs, this is America for goodness sake, it's modern. And so as I was going from place to place just to pay for my motels, because I was homeless, remember? And then I realized, oh my goodness, these apps don't make no sense. They tell me that I can be my own boss. I'm an independent contractor. Well, that's what I wanted. Because I was my own boss when I was married. And so the apps are similar to Uber. Uber was one of those apps. And the reason I mentioned Uber, because Uber is in South Africa. Uber is one of the platforms that are being used worldwide. So, of course, I became an Uber driver. I told myself, at least I can be my own boss. I can get paid the next week. So, as a driver for Uber, the rules of Uber is, if you if your ratings go down, in other words, you pick up a, a, a rider, and that rider has a bad day, the rider will give you a bad star rating. It affects you. So, Uber basically say, we will kick you off the platform. 
And what that meant for me, besides Uber, all the other platforms that I was using for jobs, for cleaning jobs, pretty much did the same. That's when I said, this makes no sense. Because remember, I was homeless. I depended on working. San Francisco was a lot of work. But the parking was a problem. So every time you, you can only park for two hours. The jobs that I'm getting is for four hours. So I got to get out, go take my car, go move it. It was becoming really stressful for me. I was like, God, how do you do this? So fast forward. I said, this make no sense. So I challenged Uber through a law called Assembly Bill 5 for misclassification. In other words, you say that we are employers, but you you kick us off, you fire us. That don't make sense. So I campaigned, I lobbied, I told my story, I traveled with other workers across the state to campaign for Stacey Abrams in Atlanta, Georgia, part of all this initiative to get what's known as a domestic workers' bill of rights. So that's how you became involved. Sorry, you became involved in legislation, significant legislation, to ensure the dignity, to ensure dignity for workers. Correct. Okay. So how did that happen? So now, I was now the plenary speaker in Atlanta, Georgia, to tell my story and share that basic worker rights are being violated. And that's when I realized the power of the feeder industry, the cleaning and hygiene, the domestic workers, the caregivers. Remember, the civil rights movement started in Atlanta, Georgia. So that was really one of the states that needed to win. <laughs> you know, it's a battleground state. So yeah, I was involved with amazing over 2,000 workers from across the nation. And it all just started there for me. And how did the legislation, how was it formulated in the end? So what happens I mean, I, I literally went through a crash course. So what happens, people have issues, people have stories, people have challenges while they're working, and there is NGOs that have legal aid help. These are also attorneys that are you don't have to pay for, and really they ensure that worker rights are being met. And what I have realized that most of the people, they were house cleaners, like myself, they were people that couldn't speak English. As a matter of fact, most of those people are what's known as undocumented. Let me rephrase that. Oh my goodness. Let me rephrase that. They have a lot of names for them. They call them illegals, undocumented. But I always say they overstayed. And a lot of them couldn't speak English. 
And a lot of them look like me. <laughs> the Latinos. <laughs> so what happened in my in my organizing, I realized, and even while I was working as a domestic worker with many clients, the abuse that I was getting, I told myself, oh my goodness, they think I'm a Latino. They think I'm Mexican. That's why they treat me like this. Except I speak English and except I'm a naturalized citizen of the United States. So I would talk and fight on their behalf. In California, there's 300,000 of them in California. So I started going to events and even using my experience and my story of how bad I was treated in Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley is where all the rich people are. They can afford housekeepers. And I started telling my story and my story was told. They took my story and they created a law. And that law was passed and it was called protecting workers in private homes. How did you hear about Sorry Civil Rights Movement? You know... I always follow Twitter, anything that's going on in South Africa. I've been here 20 years and I'm telling you, South Africa lives within me. So when I see all these things happening in South Africa, all my family's there. I have a twin sister and I have six brothers and I have an older sister. So South Africa means a lot to me. So I kept reading on Twitter, South Africa, South Africa. Then I saw that there's Tucson and I and I send a private message and I said, do you mind to give me Solly's information? I would like to, to talk to Solly because I really love what it is that they want to do, non-political, making sure that government, the people, community and corporations come together and fix it. And I like that. Because right now I'm an independent because everything that affects us affects everybody irrespective of their political affiliation. So that's how I met Sally. And what will you be talking about at the People's Summit? My most emphasis that I will be focusing on is labor and union. And it's a no-brainer that union and labor should be one. It should be one. I'm concerned about the unemployment in South Africa. All I see most in South Africa is illegal immigration. Oh, this illegal, this illegal, that, illegal, that. The issue is unemployment. Because South Africa is not using the recognition of prior learning skills that was awarded in 2008. That meant that people's skills that they acquired, and a good example was the domestic workers. It was one of the important discussions that was raised during the new government, where they talked about the domestic workers that have worked for so many years, and that's the only skill they have. Well, South Africa said 2008, we're going to acknowledge and validate those under the recognition of prior learning skills. 
and align it with the national qualifications framework. So why is there so much unemployment in that country when they could use the national qualifications framework to keep people at work? And this is where I will be talking about. And why is this important for me? I've used my recognition of prior learning skills in the USA to dignify the most important sector, the feeder industry. So exactly what I've used. Chris, I have a standard eight, but it's my recognition of prior learning skills that I used in the superpowers of the world, the USA. That is what I will take to the summit. We need to get people working and I will share the strategies and everything I use that I saw happen in this country. I think that there was something you wanted to say to, to America. I know your heart is here, but you do have, you do have words for your adopted country, don't you? I have a letter that I would love to read to them. And can I take this moment to read it to them? Yes, please. I don't want to cry. <laughs> That's okay. So, dear America, I want to take a moment to express my deepest gratitude for the incredible opportunities and experiences you've granted me during my time here. Even in the face of challenges, I found liberation and empowerment through the countless opportunities this great nation offers. I recognize that not everyone in the world has the privilege to live in a place where they can make a positive impact, especially during their most challenging moments. I am aware of the global challenges of illegal immigration and the crime that are affecting many nations today. In this context, I feel a deep responsibility to give back and share the knowledge and experiences I've gained while residing in one of the world's superpowers. As a naturalized citizen of the USA, I am so proud to call this country my home. It is a testament to the Ubuntu spirit, reflecting our shared humanity and interconnectedness. I believe that part of being a responsible citizen is to make room for those seeking asylum. As they strive for a better life, Ubuntu teaches us to extend a helping hand to those in need, fostering a sense of community and solidarity. Furthermore, I'm excited about the potential for collaboration between the USA and South Africa, especially with the support of organizations like the United South African Northwest. Together we can work on enhancing digital infrastructure to create employment opportunities and drive socioeconomic development. This partnership embodies the spirit of Ubuntu emphasizing the values of compassion, cooperation, and mutual support. I hope to convey these sentiments and emphasize the importance of Ubuntu 
unity, support, and sharing of knowledge on a global scale. Our collective efforts can lead to a brighter future for all guided by the principles of Ubuntu. Once again, thank you, America, for being a beacon of hope and a land of opportunity. I look forward to the journey ahead as we work together to make a positive impact on the world, embracing the spirit of Ubuntu. Thank you very much, Carmel Foster, speaking to Biz News from her adopted home, the United States of America, about how she is going to collaborate with Soli Moheng's civil rights movement, the United South Africa movement, uh, that will be hosting a People's Summit or a People's Charter later this year. Thank you, Carmel. Thank you so much. <laughs>